never gets old. Packers win, baby. Playoff hopes remain alive. Take that, L.A. Rams. You chippy losers. Aaron Rodgers throw a tutty. A.J. Dillon in the cold. Rumbles for two. And it feels oh so good to keep talking wins for the Green Bay Packers. Now, we just need a little Christmas miracle. Instead of Todd Rundgren banging on his drum Christmas, the little drummer boy can bang on his drum on Sunday in Miami. Packers, the slimmest of margins, continue to hopefully storm to the playoffs. Rowdy, good snowy morning. Yeah, good morning. I don't know, though. Watching that game, I almost feel like those types of games for the Green Bay Packers are more frustrating than, like, week one Minnesota losses. <laughs> it was a frustrating, grinded-out victory. The, the Packers could have, I mean, the Packers in the second half kind of imposed their will. They just didn't capitalize on putting it in the end zone. But it was a frustrating watch at first. They got, Was there ever a doubt, though? The Rams million? are bad. They're, they're not good. The Rams are bad. They're chippy. They're, they're kind of they're salty, aren't they? Jalen Ramsey, you got a little little mm, something to him. I don't know why he would be salty. I mean, he got away with an egregious hold on Christian Watson that wasn't called. I mean, they were just chirpy, chirpy, chirpy. Yeah, he got a terrible hold. And then he's, what, ripping the ball away from Aaron Jones, acting fool out there. But, hey, Packers still won 24-12. See, that was a game where it felt like Green Bay was dominating, even in the first half when it was 10-6. to But, again... A missed hold on Christian Watson. Oh, my. It's terrible. Uh, he tripped him. Extremely soft hold on Jonathan Garvin on the kick return. Terrible. And then, yeah, in the second half, Green Bay kind of took over, won the game. But how and who was in charge of kick and part return? Rich Passaccia. Is he? I don't. <laughs> or is LaFleur like, no, we need to play Amari Rodgers? I don't get it either. The uh, Amari Rodgers experiment, I'll never, ever, ever understand. Because Keyshawn Nixon is absolutely a baller. Back Just there. watch what Nixon has done since they cut ties with Amari Rodgers. But how was he ever not the starter? But, Rowdy, Amari Rodgers is the real deal now. He caught one pass for the Texans, he got a touchdown. We should celebrate it, okay? No, the fact that Rich, uh, that Rich Passaccia or Matt LaFleur oversaw this to not have Keyshawn Nixon be a difference for the Packers to start the season is beyond criminal. I almost I don't know who to blame, but it's got to be LaFleur. one of the, it's got to be one of the three: Basaccia, LaFleur, or Gutekunst. It's LaFleur. And, and the reason why is Rich Passaccia. Remember how we brought over uh, a few different Raiders players from his special team units? Yeah. Keyshawn Nixon was one of them. Yep. He knows what the guy's got. Yeah. He's electric. So, so why would he not go with him if he is the guy that has seen him in practice for years? We'll never get it. Yet he's watching Amari Rodgers be Amari freaking Rodgers. Let's think about this. Rich Passaccia knows what he has from uh, Oakland, Las Vegas. He knows what he has with the Raiders, bringing him over. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, is he so – was he so – enamored with spending a third round pick on Amari Rogers that he wouldn't let the fact that it was a third round pick be cut. So he was told the guys to keep using him. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's almost like in or baseball the floor. Who's just an idiot. Like, like in Moneyball, the movie Moneyball, where it's like Brad Pitt comes in and says who's playing and who's not according to like their uh, formulas. Yeah. 
I don't know if Gutekun said that. He's like, hey, he's my third-round pick. This guy's playing. Get him on the field. If you're not going to put him in as a receiver, get him out there as a, a returner. Yeah. Or else it's LaFleur saying, well, you know, we got to give this guy a shot. You know, I really like Amar. He's a good guy. <laughs> it's It's got to be Basaccia being overruled by someone. And it's either Matt LaFleur or it's Brian Gutekunst. Or it could be both of them. Because there's no way Rich Basaccia could have... St- <sighs> And if it if it was Matt Lafleur, I mean they're all there. Doesn't watching. that just annoy you even more? Because Matt Lafleur, uh, he was the guy that in years past said, you know, we need to spend more on special teams because I don't really know anything about special teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if he was the guy saying, well, we got to keep playing Amari Rogers. Hey, well, LaFraud, you, you even say you don't know Jack about special teams. LaBum. Clearly, Keyshawn Nixon is absolutely electric. Returning, ki- like he is awesome. At bringing that thing back. And that hold, that hold, that was no hold. That was terrible. It was, it was awful. The Packers get all the calls, right? That was terrible. And yeah. I, that, when Christian Watson was held severely and Jalen Ramsey had, like, the back of his jersey, yeah. that was actually the first thing that went through my head. Yep, the Packers get all the calls. <laughs> Same. And Jalen Ramsey was even, like, tripping him, like, in the end zone, kicking his legs out. So, I mean, Packers find a way to win. It wasn't pretty. Uh, the second half, I mean, the Packers opened it up, obviously, in the third quarter, and then they could have put some more points on the board in the fourth, but they already had it wrapped up. 24-12, L.A. Rams moved to 4-10 and 10 on the year. Packers, 6-8. and eight. How about Romeo Dobbs being a sight for sore eyes, both him and Watson out there? Yeah, Dobbs getting it done, what, five catches, 55 yards? Yeah, none of them had, like, some huge heroic game, but they were clearly the best two wide receivers on the field yeah. for the Green Bay Packers last night. The future is very bright for the Green Bay Packers. You had Romeo Dobbs, five for five, 55 yards. Christian Watson, six targets, four catches, 46 yards. Aaron Jones, you know, catch and receiving, uh, then obviously running the ball. And A.J. Dillon just boop, 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 boop. There's nothing better than cold weather football and a big old boy like A.J. Dillon just steamrolling through dudes uh, into the end zone. His second touchdown, Rowdy, when he would not be denied uh, getting in, that was pretty awesome. I mean, the future's looking bright. Well, I don't know what happens with Aaron Jones on that contract, but I guess what? A.J. Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Um, yeah, and A.J. Nice. Dillon left with the concussion protocol. Yeah, with the red hat on at the end. Um, of the speaking of players in the future, I'm not so sure Alan Lazard is going to get re-signed. He sucks. He's, <laughs> dude, he's, he totally quit on that route of Aaron. Now, yes, I agree with uh, what Buck and Aikman talking about how it was miscommunication, but he just quit on the route. He just stopped. We've did seen him do see, that a couple of games. Did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said to him when he came in motion? You're going to go all the way? Are, are you going to go all the way past? You're going to go all the way past? <laughs> so that when we snap this, it doesn't hit you? I've seen, Rogers has tripped him a couple times, and there's also we've seen him quit on a couple routes. Well, remember, he didn't report back to camp and sign the contract right away. Yeah. And now he said he was building a house, but does it look like a guy that's going to wear a hard hat and take a hammer and, and go up there and build a house? No, he can't even he yeah. can't even follow through of going all the way down the line um, when he's in motion. <laughs> I don't think Lazard's going to be back next year, uh, especially for the money he's going to be looking for. Because remember, he stinks. He had that restricted free agent contract where it was for like one year, yeah. three point nine million, and then he gets to be a unrestricted free agent the following season. Yeah. Well, remember it was that deal, or basically the Packers would get him for cheaper if he didn't sign it mm-hmm. because his rights were the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And he didn't. He took like forever to sign it. And then finally, right up before his deadline, finally signed it. It was like, 
What were you waiting for here? If anything, you were just going to forfeit money by not signing it. Were you just holding out, hoping the Green Bay Packers would like beg you to sign an extension? Yeah, I didn't didn't really get it. Now, Alan Lazard was great last year uh, when needed. I mean, him and Aaron Rodgers, uh, they they linked up on for Rodgers to have more touchdowns than Brett Favre. They have the pure blood connection. You know, Alan Lazard's not going to let, you know, anyone that's some little dweeb in some kind of government uh, agency to tell him what he can and cannot do. So I like him for that. But, Rowdy, he stinks. Like, what is he doing this year? Speaking of guys who stink, I mean, Alan Lazard quit on that route. Aaron Rodgers may have, you know, miscommunication I more lean with, but also he quit on Randall running. Randall Cobb had a lot of nice plays. He did. He had some a handful of catches. And you know what I'm liking? The more that I'm looking at some of these NFL mock drafts, the more that I see the Green Bay Packers taking Quentin Johnston, arguably the best receiver coming into this draft uh, from TCU. We'll see you, Alan Lazard. Yeah, see you later, <laughs> Alan Lazard. I mean, just thinking about it, like moving forward, if somehow next season they can continue to have running back position being Jones, Dylan, and your wide receivers would be Dobbs, Watson, and and like a Quinton Johnston, who is the best wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. Because he's projected to be right around 15. Now that means the Packers wouldn't make the playoffs, but... Hey, we've seen him trade up before and do some do It some only things. takes one more loss, and they're going to be right back to picking at 15. Hey, so. Packers got a big one coming Dolphins. We'll talk about it momentarily, but you know, Packers right now, you can feel the vibe. But speaking of wide receivers and people who stink and probably aren't going to be at the team anymore, well, this guy's not with the team anymore. Sammy Watkins cut in the middle of the day. Uh, Monday night football is on the horizon. You got the Rams already in town. They're probably going to start warming up soon. We get the news, what, around 11, 12 o'clock. Sammy Watkins, thanks for nothing. You're done. Cut. What did you think when you saw the Sammy Watkins news? I mean, it wasn't that surprising, I guess. My exact reaction was, meh. And I was like, well, bye. Yeah, Sammy I mean, Watkins, done. If, if you're telling me Romeo Dobbs is coming back and clearly Christian Watson has been healthy, you don't want him taking any reps from those two young guys. And no. even, even to that same point, Samari Toure, where I don't know about you, but I didn't really hear about him at all last night. Just, no, nothing. In, just in general, I'm going to want him taking more reps Was even than Sammy Watkins because Samari Toure is at least under contract for the next, what, three years? Yeah. Uh, Sammy Watkins was a one-year stopgap at he did best. Uh, he's really good at, he's really good at um, straining his uh, hamstrings. Yeah, and the hamstring. Because really he looked like he had some juice for a couple of weeks, the first couple of weeks, when the Packers needed him to play well because remember two rookie wide receivers that had really no experience you had basically Cobb and Watkins that we thought would the thought was Cobb and Watkins would be two of the players that would carry this team for the first half of the season so that the young guys could learn and grow and, and become better yep well yeah he looked like he had some juice for about two weeks and then went on the shelf with that hamstring and you did not hear anything good from him again. I saw a Zach Cruz tweet and I thought it was perfect. He goes, the Sammy Watkins era in green Bay played out exactly how everyone thought it would showed some juice early, got hurt, never looked explosive again and became a non-factor tough result for everyone involved, but very much an expected result. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it was a low risk, high reward and you got no reward from it. I mean, what, what was Sammy Watkins biggest? What do you have? Like, three catches one Sammy game. Watkins at his best like at his height was like a number two wide receiver but I, mean, I don't I think mean, he this year, like, I don't this? think he had sniffed number two wide receivers 
since at the maybe when he was with the Chiefs. All right, uh, Sammy Watkins with the Packers. Yes, his 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 high was three catches three times this year. Um, thank you, Sammy Watkins, and his his highest targets was five. What in the world was that? Rowdy just got a novel sent to him. Uh, I hope it's about the Packers, Rowdy. All right, so uh, we'll, a lot of stuff to get into, man, because Packers, I mean, hope springs eternal. The green and gold uh, coming out nice and gold last night. A little green on them, too. Rodgers getting thrown around a little bit. Uh, the Rams? Uh, Jalen Ramsey? Like, he's one of those guys, Rowdy. Is he one of those guys? You'd love to have him on your team, but when he's not, you're just like, God, you kind of you, you bug me a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, Jalen Ramsey, the L.A. Rams, Baker Mayfield, thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming in uh, to the cold weather and getting uh, uh, spanked a little bit by the Green Bay Packers. With comments coming up from everyone. It was just a, it was a workman-like, cold-weather, old-school football game. A.J. Dillon, you know, Quadzilla getting rumbling. Let's hope he's okay with the concussion. Let's see what happens coming up here on Christmas. I thought that um, on paper the Rams really did not – run the football well. They had 72 total yards rushing. Yeah, they obviously a big gash runs. And- obviously the Green Bay Packers rush defense has stunk all year. <laughs> I actually wasn't impressed even though they only had 72 yards. No. Cam Akers still averaged over five and a half yards a carry. Yeah, he was getting some big chunk plays in. Cam, I don't think Cam Akers has averaged five and a half yards a carry <laughs> in like two years. Um, Since like basically before his Achilles injury. Yeah, it's the Packers rush defense is the suspect. And then I don't know. We got a lot of speed coming up here uh, on Christmas in Miami. Against and the, the Dolphins. Dolphins have been running the football a lot better with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Yeah. And the Packers know all about Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Niners. <laughs> all right. Well, many comments to get to uh, from Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson to Romeo Dobbs to Matt LeFleur. If he's not crying, you know, after the game yesterday. I love how the first question was uh, about if he's still mad at Christian Watson. Oh, what was that? Um, I thought his answer was even better. Yes, same. <laughs> uh, let's hear it. Here is Aaron Rodgers immediately after the Packers beat the Rams. If this other video will stop playing. After the Packers beat the Rams at Lambeau last night, 24 to 12. Here is your king, your savior, Mr. Pureblood himself, Aaron Charles. Rogers. Let me just unmute that. Aaron, you still a little mad at Christian Watson? <laughs> hey, you want to cut touchdowns, you run the right routes. <laughs> Reach it, brother. You guys came out firing on all cylinders in the second half. Just what started clicking for you? Big time halftime adjustments in speech. <laughs> <laughs> you think Matt will throw pride? No, no, no. It was just, look, we got some good field position, and we made the most of it. But we had a couple drives there in the fourth to put them away. Didn't do it. But a great last drive to finish this game off. I'm proud of those guys. A um, lot to play for, but it's fun to win uh, games supposed to win in December. Yeah, back-to-back wins now for the first time since week four. What's starting <laughs> to, you know, momentum is big. What's starting to feel good to you? Well, our defense played really well, you know, 12 points, uh, forced turnover. Offensively, you know, we're just still a little consistent like we've been all year. But, um, you know, we're, we're playing decent. we got to play a little bit better next week on the road in Miami, and then two home games. So, uh, yeah, a lot still to play for. Game and a half out of the playoffs. There'll be a lot of uh, excitement in the locker room, a lot of good energy this week, short week. But uh, tough opponent in Miami. He's got a lot to play for as well. No, there it is. There's Aaron Rodgers after the game. Uh, I, I love this answer right away. Yeah, Watson. his comments there, it made me think of 
that game last night against the Rams kind of reminds me of what has been talked about all season for the Green Bay Packers. The first half looks like the terrible Green Bay Packers. (laughs) The offense was finding ways not to score. The defense, they looked decent, but still were giving up quite a bit of yards. Mm -hmm. The second half looked like the Packers we thought they were going to be from the start of the season. You know what I mean? Like that was our expectations coming into this year. What are they going to win? 11, 12, 13 games this year under Matt LaFleur. They've done it. They've won 13 games every year under him. The second half was the team that we thought we had coming into the year. The first half was the team we've pretty much had all year. Yep. And what changed? Well, the offense was actually looking better. And how about the kick returns? The the special day, the special teams, like, how many how many games, not only this year, but just in the last 20 years, have we complained about special teams? It's been since, like, a decade. Now, Mason Crosby kind of is what he is at this point. I think we've seen the last couple years that Mason Crosby doesn't necessarily have the leg that he used to have as he's getting older in the final year of his contract. But they don't really ask him to make any field goals much longer than 50 yards. No. What has been absolutely killing the Packers on special teams is Amari Rogers special teams coverage and whoever they put back there to return because it feels like whoever was back there to return fumbled the football and or it would be like you might as well just fair catch. Yeah, totally. Keyshawn Nixon He's a has brought energy to this kick and punt return team. And he looks damn good doing it. And it, it took it. him over half the year to put him back there to do it, which is criminal. As criminal. Hey, Rowdy, did you see this about Mason Crosby? Uh, now, obviously, he's a kicker. But last night, Mason Crosby has now tied Brett Favre's franchise record for most consecutive games played in team history. Mason Crosby, the top scorer in the history of the Green Bay Packers, and now tied with Brett Favre for the most consecutive games played in team history. The Who is the true Iron Man? Brett Favre? Or Mason Crosby. Do you think <laughs> if Mason Crosby took the punishment that Brett Favre would, he would even be able to go out there and kick the football? No. Grant Bills of Let's Go Sports are joining us right now. Grant Bills, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I what figured you, you ran with that hand signal story. Anything to throw a little dirt on Rodgers. Ben Kenny was salivating over it. I saw you tweeting about it. Were you on Team Christian Watson or Team Aaron Rodgers when Watson ran the wrong route after an obvious signal from Aaron Rodgers? I think I was. I, I was so bored by the end of that Packers game. I was more focused <laughs> on the Bucks game. By well, once the Packers went up twenty-four to twelve, the game just kind of got sleepy. I, I mean, it's funny that we did get that play at the end because everyone's been talking about hand signals. It's funny that we did get that at the end. I, I, I did laugh. That was funny. It didn't really mean much, but yeah, yeah uh, I, you know, I laughed. What do you think of this little win here for the Green Bay Packers? And what do you think happens with the final three games on the schedule? You got the Dolphins on Christmas, and then at home the Vikings and the Lions. I think the Rams think really bad. I think you're right. (laughs) And, hey, hey, it is hard to win in this league that inspired the Chiefs and the Cowboys almost losing to the Houston Texans in back-to-back weeks. Like, it is hard to beat even bad teams. So, like, I I do give the Packers credit. Don't get me wrong. They look rejuvenated off of a bye. That seemed to really help. It was nice to have Cobb and Dobbs back. Um, But that Rams team stinks. It is the first step, though. Like, if the Packers want to win out, you got to win the first one. So and that's right, Grant. The first step 
Other than that, I don't know, it was a great game to watch at Lambeau. It looked beautiful. It was under the lights. It was Buck and Aikman back on the call for a Packers game. So I, I did really enjoy it, but yeah. I don't know how much you can take away from it. Are your pronouns still America's booth? <laughs> no, this week I'm trying to learn the hand signals for America's booth. Yeah, did you uh, run that big time? Having... Did you run that big time on the Wisco Sports Show to kind of chastise Rodgers for you know being successful? Funny, I role played with Vagabond John yesterday exactly how this call was going to go, and it was it was very similar to how it's gone so far. Look, <laughs> is it no? Well, good. I'm I'm glad that you could prepare prepare for it. Article. Very like a very small portion of that article was about hand symbols. That was the part that got picked up. Like there was so much in that article. The article, the point of the article was why rookies tend to start slow in Green Bay, and it was really interesting. That was part of. Did it. they ask Christian Watson? Well, I mean, can you blame current players for not wanting to get involved in a story in the middle of a season? Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, former ones were that, that are you know still in the middle of the season. They're not on the pat like they're not in the situation. I mean, Romeo Dobbs looked pretty good in his return. Christian Watson, what is it, eight touchdowns now, seven receiving? He's pretty good. They're, rookie, they're, they're rookies, those, right? Those those are, are, they're rookies, they're, right? They're picking it up, picking it up. They're those are good wide receivers. Okay. Well, Chris, the nice thing about Christian Watson is he only has to catch like Christian Watson is so big and fast. He doesn't really have to like be a hundred percent in the loop. Like if he just gets most of the signals and catches most of the balls, he's still going to be really good because he's that damn fast. He'll just he'll take it and run. Like, that's what we've seen him do a couple of times. So. Grant, do the like, Packers... I think his, his margin for error is a little bit bigger, I think. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports are joining us right now. Grant, two questions for you. Do the Packers win on uh, Christmas, a Christmas miracle in Miami? And also, mm, after the season, depending, you know, no matter what happens, playoffs or not, does Joe Barry get fired? I feel like he has. I think they should get an entire new defensive staff. I don't think it's just Joe Barry. I think it's everybody. I think there's so many holdovers from Mike Pettin. Nobody can tackle. The form isn't good. Like, I don't know. They just need they need a whole new defensive staff. So, yes, but even I am very willing to admit it's not just Joe Barry. Like, a bunch of players have regressed this year, and there's, there's issues just past coordinators. So, yes, they should fire Joe Barry just because they should improve their football team. The Miami game, so... Great bills. Okay, everyone in everyone in the studio. I am more confident about this than I am about anything. Something weird is going to happen in this game. Yes. I don't know what it is. Yes. There's going to be some weird special teams play. There's going to be some weird rule that gets called into action that nobody knew about or nobody thought about it. Something weird is going to happen in this game. This game just smells weird to me. The Dolphins actually, I thought, looked pretty good in Buffalo last Saturday. And I, like, I don't know if you guys talked about the, the Saturday games. With the World Cup and with the Packers and with the Sunday games, it feels like they happened weeks ago. But I was actually really impressed. I know the Dolphins lost, but that was a grown man performance from Tua and from Tyree Kill. And I, I don't know. The Dolphins are not the Rams in that the Dolphins actually have weapons and a functioning quarterback and a passable offensive line. So <laughs> the Rams stink. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to beat the Dolphins. I think this is a good step. They look rejuvenated after the tie, but something weird is going to happen in this game. That do makes it interesting. Do you b- believe in Christmas miracles? I do believe in miracles. I believe that magical things can happen on Christmas, Evo. So I'm with you there. I love it. Grant, um, real quick, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, Giannis Dendekumbo, Brooke Lopez linking up. Uh, what a game from both of them. The Greek freak, what, 42 points, Brooke Lopez, 30. It was an ass shellacking 
last night of the New Orleans Pelicans. How are we feeling about our Milwaukee Bucks now, as we're also going to be playing on Christmas? How are we feeling about the deer? So they got blown out by the Grizzlies bad. By the way, number one in the uh, Eastern Conference now and best record yeah, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, they, they got rocked by the Grizzlies last week. And since then, they have blown out the Jazz at home, I think by like 25, 27 points. And then last night, they go into the Pelicans. Well, the Pelicans are a top two, top three team in the West. I don't know where they sit right now. The Pelicans are a really good team. And they went in and just kind of handled them without Chris Middleton. They had a really good game plan for Zion. That game plan led to Valanciunas really cooking, so then they tweaked that game plan a little bit. And in the third quarter and in the beginning of the fourth, they just started to run them out of the building. The Pelicans put a run on them at the end. Um, I think that's why last night was a really cool basketball game is the Pelicans kept absorbing body blows and still trying to come back. And then the Bucks still absorbed body blows by the Pelicans trying to come back and still kept pulling like, the teams were just landing blow after blow. It was a really good basketball game. I wish I could have watched more of it. But, yeah, for all of the hullabaloo, you know, nice about word. Chris Middleton and some of the other things going on with this team, they're the number one team in the NBA right now, and they just won a really impressive game in New Orleans. Uh, Grant, what's your plans for Christmas coming up here, my my friend? What do we got? What do we got cooking? Oh, what do I got cooking? I'm going to the Twin Cities on Friday night and Saturday morning to see the, uh, the in-laws. Uh, as, oh, the cities. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I'm going to my parents' place. I think Saturday afternoon into Sunday. Maybe hang around until Monday. Maybe see some. I was like seeing some high school friends that live way out of town. I got a good buddy that lives in Montana. Another one that lives nice. in New York, and they'll be around. So I was trying to catch those guys. A little windshield yeah, time for Grand Bills. A little windshield time. Not nothing too crazy though. How far? How far away is the cities from uh, Lacrosse for you then? Two hours. Uh, about. Two and a half. It's, it's, not, it's a quick two and a half. Not though. terrible. Not terrible. And Grant, I enjoy. No, you're your... going to be in. You're going to be in whole men. I hear. I'm bummed that I'm not around to see you. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday I'll be in Dodgeville, and then on Sunday I'll be in a Holman. So yeah, we have. A, and then Monday I'll be in Madison. So you know, a little windshield time as well. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. I'll be bummed if you see Eric on I ninety and not me. Although I'll be happy for you. Well, Eric on like Eric on I ninety was telling me on Sunday for a Sunday. That I need to go out to some local watering holes and, and leave my family on Christmas. And I then asked him if he wanted to join me, but he said no because he has to spend time with his family. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I like my family, so, you know. Grant, how underrated is a grapefruit for breakfast? I enjoyed your Twitter video yesterday. Oh, dude, grapefruits are, the best. grapefruits are awesome. It's like your breakfast dessert. Yeah. You know, like I love yesterday the morning, scrambled eggs. I put a little salsa, a little... Uh, little plain Greek yogurt on there. Ooh, that, boy. that was my that was my protein for the morning. And then I thought, you know what? I, I want something sweet. So instead of going with the peanut butter toast or uh, or the sugary cereal, I, I cut up a grapefruit. And man, was it delicious. It was. And I, I don't know what came over me, but I just... What kind of eggs you using? What kind of eggs you got there? I hope they're pasture-raised. Ah, uh, just store-bought eggs. Uh, I hope they're pasture-raised uh, eggs. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. You can get pasture-raised from the grocery store, Grant Bills. I would suggest you do that. A lot, a lot better for you than those... those mundane-looking, just jaunt yellow eggs. You need that sunny orange egg, all right? Jaundice-looking yellow egg. Yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> Grant, we love you, buddy. We'll check you out four to six tonight. And uh, Vagabond Johnny's phone call, I mean, did it did it go as, like, as planned for you guys today, then? Yeah, but it, it was it was it was quite enjoyable and much more much more fun than it was last night. It was it was a critical brainstorming session last night. This was just a, a joy through and through, as it always is every Tuesday morning. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. We love you, Grant. <laughs> right, so Brian Gutekunst, Packers GM.
kind of caught in the crosshairs a little bit halfway through the season. You know, we were all wondering what the hell's going on. Lose uh, losses after losses. What the hell has Goody been doing with this roster? Well, Rowdy, the future's kind of looking pretty bright here with some of these guys. Uh, we were obviously talking about Christian Watts and his emergence has been uh, incredible. And then you have Romeo Dobbs, who came back from injury, the high ankle sprain. He caught a team high five passes. Now, it was nothing like too crazy, but they're big, you know, moments, especially early on in the game to set the tone. And then Nelly, who was tearing it up on the defensive side of the ball? Well, yeah, if you just look at his draft classes in general since he took over in 2018, they've been pretty up and down, right? Like we've seen some of the really good picks like the Jair Alexanders. We've seen like the Rashawn Gary's and the Elton Jenkins of the world that have been home run picks, but we've also seen some really big swing and misses. So he's, he's been very up and down when it comes to draft. Now his free agent signings overall have been really good for the most part outside of maybe Jimmy Graham, but he's, (laughs) he's done really well free agents wise. Well, unfortunately because of the salary cap for the green Bay Packers and a lot of the contract situations, they didn't really have much, money the last uh, off season to go out and sign free agents. They had to keep a lot of their guys in house and shell out money. So he did what he could do. But you look at this draft class first overall pick for the green Bay Packers, Quay Walker. He's been coming on. He looks like a player, doesn't he? He's been coming on. He was everywhere yesterday. Like he's super fast and athletic. And we knew that coming out of Georgia, he can run sideline to sideline. Snagging some interceptions. Obviously, he's going to improve his coverage. He's got the speed to be a a cover linebacker to a point. And he's really been coming on blitzing and actually making plays, uh, tackling the ball carriers. I think Quay Walker looks like he's a player. You look at uh, the second first round pick, Devontae Wyatt. He's kind of buried on that depth chart because the Green Bay Packers on paper are pretty deep at defensive line where you have the Kenny Clarks of the world. You have Dean Lowry playing over him. You have Jaron Reed, who they signed. Like they have a lot of rotational defensive linemen. So I think Devontae Wyatt at this point, I wouldn't say that he's a bust. I'd say he's a big question mark and we'll know more about him next year when he gets more of the playing time because you got to imagine Dean Lowry's probably not going to be back. Jaron Reed's <laughs> probably not going to be back. And those two guys have been taking a lot of snaps ahead of them. Totally. So for me, that's still question mark. We'll know more by the end of year two. Christian Watson was their second round pick. They traded uh, up in the draft to go get. Remember, they packaged both of their second round picks to go grab him. Oh, yeah. Number 34 overall. It looks like a player, doesn't yeah, it? At first it was a little iffy. Now it's like, damn, this guy looks like he's freaking Yeah, good. Christian Watson looks like a player. Now you look at their third round pick, play Sean on, play Ryan. On. He's only been active for two games. He's only played in one. <laughs> and, then, and then he got suspended for PEDs. And oopsies. he won't be available until, what is it, the last week of the season or the first playoff game yeah. to even be active. A little peds got gotcha. you. That one Sorry. is looking like a lesser and lesser pick by the day as Sean Ryan really hasn't done anything this year. Besides take steroids. Then you look at their fourth round picks. Romeo Dobbs looks like a player, doesn't he? He looks pretty damn good. Christian Watson looked like a nice one-two punch for the future at receiver. Zach Tom was their other fourth round pick. He looks like a player. He looks like he'll be able to fill in on that offensive line when need be. And if for some reason they ever part ways with maybe like a Elton Jenkins where they don't re-sign him or they have to, they don't re-sign Yash uh, Nyman and they kick Jenkins out to right tackle, he looks like a guy you can insert and play in, and even filling in at left tackle for David Bakhtiari. Yep. He's been a, a bang-up uh, offensive lineman, looks like a player. Kingsley Anigbar. No, here's a guy. 
Inigbari has been really good. He was a fifth round pick that a lot of people thought was kind of a steal because he was projected to go third, fourth round. They got him late in the fifth. And look at him. They didn't know if he'd be ready to be the rotational third edge rusher. Well, he's been thrusted into the number two with Gary going down with the knee injury. He's looked pretty dang good when he's gotten time. Enigbari looks like a player. Damn straight. Here's the guy who looks like a player, Rowdy. And then you look at their seventh round. They didn't have a six-round pick. And then they had four seven-round picks. Tyreek Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Rashid Walker, and Samari Toure. Well, Tyreek Carpenter, he's been a special teams guy. He kind of is what he is. At least he's rounding out your roster playing special teams. Yeah. Hasn't been a a terrible player where you go, oh, my God, Carpenter is just absolutely (laughs) killing him on special teams. So, I mean, that is what it is. And then Jonathan Ford, another D tackle that's kind of buried on that defensive line. Again, it's a seventh round pick and Rashid Walker being the offensive tackle that they took. He was a guy that a lot of people liked in the seventh round because he was projected to be a fifth round pick. Now, he hasn't gotten in. I know he's been dinged up and hasn't really been active at all. Uh, We'll see. We'll it is what it is, though. It's a seventh-round pick. And then Samari Toure was a guy that I think a lot of people thought was because they needed wide receivers, they basically just used the pick to take a wide receiver yeah. to have a better shot of getting these guys instead of having to get into like preferred free agent battles. And he's gotten some, some moments. He's made some plays. And if anything, you look at this receiver room coming up the next year, the only three guys that are 100% under contract next year are the three rookies. And you would say Samari Toure looks good enough to be a fifth wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I would say overall, Goody? there isn't a ton of misses so far when you look at how well they've played this year and the projections that you have for the rest of their career. What, we're waiting on Devontae Wyatt? Yeah. That's a question mark for now, but he's not a bust yet. No, not at all. And then it's Sean, Sean, Sean Ryan, Ryan, who's probably the worst pick so far out of get this some, entire draft. Get some better PEDs. And get you're, you're getting you're getting some PT out of two out of your uh, two out of your four seventh round picks. I feel like overall, you look at this draft in the future, you got to be pretty happy with it so far. Hell yeah. And if Devontae Wyatt can give you at least like a a solid Dean Lowry or Jaron Reed type defensive lineman in year two when he actually plays more. I, I don't, th- gotta be feeling I don't good. think you can feel too bad about this draft so far. Nope. Got to be feeling good at Brian Gouda because future's looking pretty bright with these uh, young cats here from this. Now draft let's class. see what they can do and see how much money they actually have. Cause I was looking at some projections and right now with the green Bay Packers roster as is, they should have about $20 million in cap space going into the offseason. But remember, you probably got to get something done with Rashawn Gary for an extension. You probably got to get an Elton Jenkins extension done. So that that's going to take up a good chunk of that $20 million. Yeah. And then let's not forget, you got to sign all of the lower level guys. So you're going to need some more money. They're going to have to probably kick some more money down the road, make a couple cuts here and there. So the roster's not 100% is what it is like last year they were able to retain the majority of their players. I think the same thing will be said this next off season. They'll be able to retain most of the players on their roster. They want to retain. And then they're going to have to once again, have a pretty solid draft and see what they can do. If they can find any veterans in June that get cut or some diamonds in the rough. But overall, I think the draft has been pretty solid for Brian Gutekunst in 2022. There you go. Goody. Also what's looming in the off season. Could be Brian Gutekunst's worst draft pick and one of the worst picks the Packers have ever done in sense of how it all unfolded. Jordan Love. Now you're not lying there. (laughs) 
that's got to unfold in the offseason. Jordan Love, the reports out last week that if Rodgers is back, he does not want to be back and will force the man to trade. And they were talking about that in the pregame, about what the heck's going to go on. And a lot of the guys on the pregame, like Steve Young, were saying, you know, you gotta, you got to go with Rodgers, even though you think this kid is pretty good. I actually thought that was kind of an interesting take from Steve Young, a guy that was chomping at the bit with Joe Montana in front of him. Joe Montana. Now, if you can turn around and trade Jordan Love for a second round pick, it's not a great look because of the guys you could have taken in 2020 that would have helped your team in 2020, 2021, and 2022, but at least you would get a decent draft pick back. Yep, it is what it is, I guess, at that point. Yeah, what will Brian Gutekunst do with the one and only Jay Love, Jordan L? Or does Rodgers come back for one year and that is the handshake agreement behind the scenes and then they do pick up Jordan Love's contract uh, for the fifth rookie year option and then he's the quarterback in 2024. I'll tell you this, come offseason, we will not be short of drama when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. (laughs) No shortness of drama there. Nick Evers. <laughs> Nick Evers is uh, committed to Wisconsin. This is a little cookie here before Grant Bills. Did you guys? I saw Sam Decker tweet this out, of yeah. all people. Sam Decker tweets this out uh, yesterday morning around 10 o'clock. He said, How did we never offer him before? Did we offer him and I'm just wrong? How did this slip through the cracks until now? And uh, he has a little picture on his tweet. Uh, it's probably from the, uh, the Athletic or something. I don't pay for it. Uh, Quote, this is from Evers, the quarterback now committed to Wisconsin who was at Oklahoma. Quote, my grandparents graduated from Wisconsin. My dad was born here in Madison. I have cousins that are currently at UW, and we have uh, all of our family reunions every year in Wisconsin. So this was comfortable from the jump. It's like my home away from home. How in the hell was no one on Evers before? Did you ever hear his name at all? No. Because the quarterback room is exactly where we wanted it. Like what? (laughs) The quarterback room, you know, they got four or five years invested into Graham Mertz. (laughs) We got four or five years invested into Chase Wolf. We got one year invested into Deacon Hill. And we got one year invested in Miles Burkett. The the quarterback room is exactly where we want it. Hey, I know this is the highest recruited quarterback since Graham Mertz and his grandparents graduated from Wisconsin. His dad was born in Madison. His cousins are currently at UW. And they have family reunions every year in Wisconsin. But the quarterback room is exactly where we want it. I mean, never actually said but no they never recruited him. <laughs> what it was How do you not recruit this guy well let's be honest they asked him, all wisconsin if you look at him he's clearly a run first quarterback <laughs> they acted like the quarterback room was set did they not was their actions once they recruited graham mertz pretty much hey we're good with yeah. graham mertz yeah but i mean it never was explicitly said no when they got graham yeah, mertz they're like you don't have to say it you're Actions speak louder than words, RJ. Graham Mertz was given the keys to the Ferrari, and the the rest of the recruiters and staff of Wisconsin didn't bother getting a spare set of keys. What recruiters? Then, then there's that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we got one, we got one set for this Ferrari here. Ah, we'll never lose the keys. Ah, we'll never get locked in the Ferrari. Ah, it's fine. Well, we don't need a spare. Yeah, like think about it. So you get the big, you get the best quarterback recruit you've ever recruited in Graham Mertz, and he sits behind Jack Cohn for one year. Jack Cohn uh, hurts his foot. You see a couple games at the beginning of the year. You're like, 
nope, this is our guy. This this is it. This is Graham Mertz's team now. Okay, okay, say we go down that road. You kind of push Jack Cohn out. But at any point from 2020, 2021, or games in 2022, have you ever felt confident in Chase Wolf playing football? All the time. Chase Wolf is the rock that breaks the window open to get your keys out of there. Like, it just destroys it. It felt like whenever he played, he was like the walking (laughs) turnover. Yeah. No offense. And then Deacon Hill, they, they threw him a scholarship. And Deacon Hill, the only thing you ever heard about the guy is... Well, big arm. He, he's he's kind of, he's big. He's got a huge arm. But Zach really liked him. Um, he's fat. He's kind of chunky. Um, he's got thickness. He doesn't have a whole lot other than a big arm. Well, you know, big who else had a huge arm and didn't really work out in the NFL. Uh, Jamarcus Russell. He was oh, kind of a chunkier dude. Yeah. But yeah, all you heard was big guy, huge arm but could do absolutely nothing else. <laughs> and then it's Miles Burkett, and all we've seen out of Miles Burkett is coming in and throwing a few passes against teams like New Mexico State where, honestly, you would expect a guy, if he's Division One level, to have some success playing with a Wisconsin roster against a New Mexico State team. And his team. dad's good on Twitter. But, but outside of Miles Burkett being like a guy from the state of Wisconsin, uh, you know, showing maybe a little bit of flashes, maybe he's a kid that can play, who else on the roster when you carry four, five, six quarterbacks at times in the last five years under Paul Chris really was like, yep, that could go be a guy yeah. of the future. Yep, that guy is going to push for a starting role. Right. Yep, that guy's a solid backup. It was none of that. It was Graham Mertz and then everyone else. Yep. Here is Sam Decker's, Sam Decker's question. Questions. How did we never offer him before? Did we offer him and I'm just wrong? How did this slip through the cracks until now? Those are his three questions. Here is the article that he posts. Quote, this comes from uh, Nick Evers, the new four-star recruit. Highest recruit since what, Ben? Graham Mertz? Yeah. At the quarterback position? Wisconsin legend, Graham Mertz. Here's what Nick Evers said, and I quote, My grandparents graduated from Wisconsin. My dad was born here in Madison. I have cousins that are currently at UW. And we have all of our family reunions every year in Wisconsin. So this was comfortable from the jump. It's like my home away from home. Ben, Rowdy, the dude's grandparents graduated from the University of Wisconsin. His dad was born in Madison. His cousins are here. They have reunions every year in Wisconsin. I will ask the same questions that Sam Decker asked both of you. How did we never offer him before? Or did we offer him and we're just wrong? Ben, uh, would, would would Nelson like to chime in first? Rowdy, I, well, my, I, I, I mean, I know the answer. My answer from earlier in the show was pounding the desk, saying the quarterback room is exactly where we want it to, uh, you know, a la Big Mike McCarthy, because clearly it just looks like the Wisconsin Badgers since 2020 weren't really interested in really putting much talent into that room outside of Graham Mertz. Did you just listen to that question I just answered? Um, okay, I got I, then, three years invested in Brett Huntley, two years invested Graham in Mertz, Chase Wolf. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. Okay, I they were interested in adding; they just failed at doing it. And, and there was some ineptitude with the recruiting department. Is that when they had like one guy working in the recruiting department? They offered a lot of guys; they just didn't land any of them. And uh, yes, I would have liked to see them bring in a transfer earlier to challenge Mertz, but. 
The reason Wisconsin didn't offer him is he was so far from the prototype of what Paul Chris offense was. Like, did they even offer him at all? No. But no. wouldn't you argue that Russell Wilson was pretty far from the... No, he's still a pro-style quarterback. He just also was I mean, he was playing in the spread in NC State. If you have... Nick Evers is an option quarterback that has an unproven arm and isn't very. So it's accurate. just because of the system that Paul Chris was running. It's it. That's not the typical quarterback that they recruit, and that's never been. And that could be the issue with it. But that's the answer as to why they didn't offer him. One, he was a four star from Texas, and that's kind of out of Wisconsin's waters most of the time. I mean, the dude literally is, sounds like he lives half the time in Wisconsin. And his family does. And yeah. his reunions here. And it's his home away from home, his words. Yeah, I I think if you have an issue with anything here, it maybe should be what Paul Christ was still trying to run and the system. But that's Wisconsin system forever. So it's it, it's tough. Plus, I mean, he was a twenty twenty two recruit, so he would have been in the in the room last year. There is no way in the world he would have beat Graham Mertz for the job. I was uh, considered, this is what I said earlier, that uh, Wisconsin, the quarterback position, was a Ferrari. They gave Graham Mertz the keys to the Ferrari, but didn't bother making a spare for anyone else. Like, oh, whatever happens to those keys, whatever happens to the keys. I also think that when you say he probably wouldn't have been able to compete for Graham Mertz for the job, what other quarterback on this roster was even close either? In my opinion, he even would have been the backup. I think Chase Wolf would have been ahead of him. Look at what happened at Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel was their starting quarterback, who's a very accomplished quarterback, transfers in. He gets hurt. Nick Evers, in theory, you would hope would be the next up. He's a highly touted guy. No, they put in Davis Bevel, who stinks. (laughs) And the guy below Davis Bevel, you know his name? General Booty, who also stinks. John David Booty's little brother? yeah. Yeah. I think so, but by the way, can we just say one one quick thing here? The stones to name your kid General Booty, yeah, huge, yeah. You gotta have the but, biggest set on you at all time. But I say all that to say it's very clear. You could just see based on the decisions Oklahoma made that he was not far along enough as a true freshman to challenge. So I don't know how that would have happened here. So he would have been in the same boat as Miles Burkett probably to, to play contrarian to play the contrarian here. Devil's advocate, Rowdy. If Nick Evers would not have competed maybe even for the backup job last year. He would have competed for it. One, how is he a four-star? Two, why should I be hyped about him coming here now? Ben doesn't like him. I don't dislike him. I just think we have been told a little bit by his track record at Oklahoma that he's not a surefire. You know why I like him? Because his name's not Graham Mertz. Sure. And well, this is what I'm saying. Bring as many stars and talented players as possible for this position because it's a position that we've been hoping and praying to be good for, it seems like, forever. Just bring Since as much talent as possible. Have like. Hey, if you've been listening to what I've said since they landed him, I, really. like, I'm, I'm excited. There's potential there, but he is not close to... To what Caleb Williams' profile was transferring. Give out. me Brennan Armstrong. To no offense to Chase of the quarterbacks Wolf. like Jeff Sims just went to Nebraska. Jeff Sims is a more instant impact guy than Nick Evers, and it's not really close. No offense to Chase Wolf, but if he couldn't beat out Chase Wolf, is it even worth recruiting? No, maybe he could. I'm not saying he couldn't, but my point was he would not have that's been. A, that's a good question. I, I don't think he would have won the starting job, and I mean he just didn't fit Paul Christ and Bobby Ingram's offense because that's why in the. 
I just understand when you got a, a guy who's so highly touted and literally his family is in Madison, in Wisconsin, from here, ties everywhere. You don't even give him like a, a hey, how you doing? Oh, they might have. I don't know if they did or not. Another, I, just, I don't think the pursuit was there. The recruiting department obviously fell behind, and he he wasn't a fit for the system. Another, I guess, follow up question: If Bobby Ingram's calling the offense, and Paul Christ was so hands off, and from what reports say, kind of uninterested this year, and for the last couple of years, what quarterback could you have brought in and be good? Caleb Williams, Joel Stave clone, like. Oh, I'm trying to no, think if, of some of the top somehow, recruits, and it's like... <sighs> if they somehow landed Caleb Williams, Chris still has a job. There are probably 20 other guys in the country I could say that about. God, it feels good to talk about a Packers victory. And let's really dive in. This guy is winning, even despite being on two hours of sleep, if that. Our guy, right back from Lambeau, back at it. Mike Clemens in the house. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I am... I'm good. How are you? Most importantly, it's a long night for you. Uh, you know, chopping up audio and interviewing players, Mike. Yeah, well, you know, it's an adrenaline. It's a great story. There's always there's a hundred stories to tell, and you're trying to figure out what are the top ones that you know you want to try and get on the radio. So, um, I tell you, one thing that was interesting was it was a, it was the locker room after the game was different than I thought. It wasn't it wasn't kind of a big rah rah celebrate. Let's have some fun. It's like. They're focused. They know what's got to go. That's you know they're they got one down and three to go, and they got a short week now to turn around, and get back on the plane, and go to uh, go to Miami. So Rogers came uh, up to the podium and was asked about that. He said, you know, do you think that you you feel like what you just did that you could run the table? And I thought it was interesting what he said was, you know, when they lost to the Titans. He said a couple of them kind of got together and looked at the landscape and looked at the NFL standings, and they said, you know, <clears throat> if we can beat the Bears and then win this, these games at home, we might still have a shot at this thing. And that's kind of why they went into the bye after beating the Bears that, you know, they're just mentally set. We've, they kind of put this, this picture into focus that this is the challenge. Can we, can we rattle off four in a row? Can we sort of get you know our team together? And uh, Rogers was asked, "What's different about this team now?" I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Now we're going to play three uh, better football teams, but uh, vibes are pretty good, and we've just been practicing a little bit better. Energy's been a little bit better. It's hard to put uh, your finger on it. That being said, it's still tough to win in the league, and I've, I said it earlier. I think we can beat anybody. We can also lose to anybody. But when you win a couple in a row, it starts giving you some confidence. Now we're playing against some better football teams down the stretch that we can go to Miami and win. Yeah, the Rams roster a little different than the Dolphins coming up here. You got to play about you know perfect football if you want to be able to just sniff at the playoffs, Mike. But there's some imperfection still in the field. We saw it last night, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you're missing Aaron Donald for crying out loud. Uh, you're missing Matthew Stafford. You're missing Cooper Cup. And then in the first series, uh, you know, your starting center goes down. So. Uh, all kinds of cards that you know, bad cards that that uh, Baker Mayfield and and Sean McVay were dealt last night. But then, then they the Packers had the fair share of their boneheaded plays, and I thought one started with Aaron Rodgers. With remember in the in the Bears game, we talked about this. What was the deal with the one time where Randall Cobb was wide open to the left hand side, and Rodgers threw it over his head? Yeah, and it was like, no man, you're supposed to run downfield. Did he do it again last night? Because it's 
late in the first quarter. Green Bay's up just three to nothing. There's Alan Lazard kind of drifts out to the left hand side, big open window. Hey, look at me, throw to me. And there's a you know the closest defensive back is about 15 yards behind him. And instead, Rodgers just lobs this ball over his head. So Rodgers was asked, what happened on that play? I don't know if he didn't quite see the ball. Maybe he was expecting me to stop him with the ball. I came out and, and uh, was trying to kind of put it on him, but I, I guess he uh, thought I was going to stop him with it, so he stopped, and I thought he was going to maybe keep going. Yeah, it was a very bizarre play. Then I, I know you were there at the game. Uh, Buck and Aikman were talking about how it was just miscommunication from the two. Yeah, people were tweeting, you know, uh, that Aikman said that he was defending Rodgers, that Lazard should have should have traveled downfield to get the ball. I mean, don't you just throw to the open man? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Still one, though. So that's nice. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. Um, I, I started to notice how Christian Watson, he comes to the line, he checks in for the signal, and I missed one signal, you know, at the end of the game from Rodgers. But – uh, he's he, he's improves with every snap, uh, with all the little things that are involved, and to have Romeo Dobbs back, you know, uh, on the field, and and you know Rogers will say this that Christian Watson's like got this great athleticism and speed, got some things to learn. He loves Romeo Dobbs' route. He thinks his routes are fantastic, and then you throw in the veteran Randall Cobb if he can be. Uh, healthy now, and Alan Lazard in there as well. Uh, Rogers was asked after the game, "Do you finally think now you got a wide receiver core that you can work with?" Yes, I think so. I really do, um, because they just have such different skill sets. You know, Christian obviously has incredible speed. Romeo is a real uh, quick twitch guy. Cobby has the savvy uh, to work uh, in the slot, and Allen does everything. You know, does everything well. He's a good route runner. Catches ball his hands. He's a great blocker. So yeah, I, I think that's a good, really good set of guys. Yeah, and then also no longer having Sammy Watkins, right? And he's he's done. But Watts with Romeo Dobbs back and the emergence of Christian Watson, God, it feels good to have these guys out there. Yeah, you know something is that I was looking at last night's inactive list because the coming back from the bye, except for David Bakhtiari recovering from the appendectomy, you got fifty three healthy players, and so this is where you take a look at the inactive list, and now you're basically seeing what Goodikins and Lafleur refer to as. Or, or consider, you know, the last four or five guys at the bottom of their roster. So they had, like, Jonathan Ford, who's been inactive, I think, almost all season, the rookie defensive lineman, because they've been healthy on the defensive line, and that's an interesting thing to, to notice. But then Sammy Watkins let go because they really wanted to save Patrick Taylor, the running back. Now, they, they have this thing now since covid where you could elevate guys from the practice squad for the game day, but then they got to turn around, get to the back of the line, go back to practice squad. You can only do that three times during the course of the season right mm-hmm. now, and they wanted to give him a roster spot. And just looking around and looking how healthy they were at wide receiver, and the fact that we all knew that Sammy Watkins' snaps and targets you know, were on a steady decline, they, they let him go, and so we asked Matt LaFleur about that decision. Yeah, that's that's um, one of the things that you just that's not cool about this business is you got to make some tough decisions. And certainly, he's a guy that I know myself and the rest of our staff, and I, I think I can speak for everybody in that locker room. We've got a lot of respect for and a love for Sammy Watkins, and 
Um, certainly wasn't fired up about the timing of it, but it was one of those deals where, you know, um, had to get Patrick Taylor up as the third back, and he was out of elevations, and you just, it, it was a tough decision, and, um, you know, I can't thank him enough for just the type of person he is, the energy he brought to this team, and I think it started out pretty good for him to start the season. Then he had the injury and it just kind of fell off from there. Um, so it just, it's, it's tough. I, I, I don't like it, but it is what it is. And rumor is you couldn't catch up on all those 200 hand signals from Aaron Rodgers. No. Uh, and I got a long story about that, but um, I mean, Sammy actually showed us what the hand signal was that he missed when I think it was in the Cowboys game where he veered inside in the end zone, and Rodgers threw it to the corner, and it was just an empty real estate. Uh, so, whatever. That's was it a, mid- a, was a middle finger? That was what it was? Yeah. It was the middle finger? <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, Rodgers does his things where he, where he picks up his shirt on the right or left-hand side of the shoulder pad. It looks like he's trying to straighten out his jersey, but he's just trying to tell you we're going right huh. or going left. Huh. Interesting. LaFleur... Um, uh, was also talked about uh, the decision to promote Patrick, and then also, you know, here's another boneheaded play. I mean, <laughs> you you've got the lead, and if you've got the lead, should you be taking chances and risking to see if you can get more, or 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 do you start laddering the ball out of an absolute act of desperation? Uh, either way. Uh, when Rasul Douglas stepped in front of the Rams tight end and got that interception last night, just hang on to the ball. And so uh, Matt LaFleur was asked about, why did Rasul Douglas flip that ball to Adrian Amos after he got that uh, interception? That's a great question for Rasul. That's definitely not something that we want to have happen. Um, It was definitely a careless kind of, uh, pitch back, if you will, and um, he, he, Rasul's too smart. He knows better, and that's something that we definitely will address. And um, you know, I, 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 you know, he made a great play on the interception. Kenny Clark obviously forced the pressure there, um, but yeah, we got to do a better job taking care of the football in that in that situation. Um, was well, Rasul Douglas asked if he watched the ending of the Raiders Patriots game at all with those laterals? Uh, he was aware of it. He was aware of it because <laughs> you know when Lafleur is at the party and says, "Yeah, I asked Rasul." So you know what? We, we asked Rasul, and Rasul said, "Yeah, I saw Smash, which is Adrian Amos. That's his nickname, the hard hitting, and Rudy, Rudy Ford, you know, kind of floating around there." So then he just thought, "Well, I'll, I'll float it to one of these guys, and they'll, you know, they'll run it." So and then you hear Jair overhear this at his locker and say, what? You're going to throw it to Adrian? Because, you know, Amos is not that fast. Why don't you throw it to me, you know, Jair Alexander or to to Rudy Ford? So, yeah, we asked Rasul Douglas, what were you thinking when you got that interception and the Rams were about to tackle you? When he grabbed me and I kind of twisted me, I seen Smash and Rudy. So I was like, all right, if I could just grip the ball and throw it to the, one of them. To smash it, Rudy? <laughs> no. That, that's, that's why I messed up. That was, that was my first mistake. You know what I'm saying? That was my first mistake right there. And then when I went to, like, go throw it, it slid. But I was already in the process, so as I was going down, I just underhand. And then I, I seen it hit the ground. I was like, 
damn, it's about to be like the Raiders and the Pages. You know? so like, in my head, I'm like, damn. So I already know. I'm like, Joe B about to, as soon as I come to like he about to curse me out. But he ain't really do that. So your teammates? My, my teammate, yeah, they said something. So did you thank Smash? Yeah, I, was, I told him I was glad he picked it up. Because if he didn't, it was over for me. Can you share yeah. what your teammates said to you? Huh? Can you share what any of them said to you after that? Nah, they just like, oh, what the hell you on? I was like, man, y'all know how I play. They was like, yeah, we know, but all right now. You're a little close. Yeah, I was going to do that regardless. Like, once I was getting tackled, like, if I always tell my teammates, if I'm about to get tackled and I see you look at me, I'm going to give you the ball. Because I'd rather us just score on defense than wait for offense. Just hang on to the ball and go down. Did you hear that at the very end? Yeah. Because if we if we get the ball on defense, I'd rather we score on defense than wait for the offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know something else? I one of my uh, colleagues pointed out to me. You know they they practice that, and we thought that maybe that was a special teams thing or end of game. You know, Rich Basachi thing. No, it's the secondary guys. They practice picks and laterals, <laughs> like. Like maybe that's something that Joe Barry has encouraged them to do, but after you heard Lafleur's answer on the podium last night, that that might be changing pretty soon. So <laughs> Preston, Preston Smith had two sacks last night. <clears throat> One of them was great because hey, Joe Barry, how about that? He actually schemed up a blitz where Jerron Reed, the defensive lineman, comes uh, lines up way outside Rob uh, Haverson, seen the former Badger. And, and he cuts inside, and that opens up a big lane for Preston to go back there and uh, sack Baker Mayfield. Preston with two sacks. I think he's had five in the last four weeks. They sacked Baker Mayfield five times. They even sent Quay Walker, the rookie, the inside linebacker, in the backfield. So that part was encouraging. And then, of course, the other thing is uh, there were records set last night. Um, Aaron Jones at running back now has as much yards as John Brockington, mm. who was a great tandem with Mark MacArthur Lane in the early 70s. Got them actually to uh, the, a division win a couple of years after Lombardi left Green Bay. But they had uh, not a very good uh, quarterback back then named Scott Hunter, but that was like 50 years ago. And then Mason Crosby. Um, I asked him about this. I said, when did you know that you were getting close to 255? And he said, last spring. So, you know, even though he knew he was getting the knee surgery and all that, um, he knew how close he was to tying the 255 consecutive starts, a franchise record set by none other than uh, Brett Favre. And we talked to Mason about that and other NFL kickers that have had long careers. You know, I know I think a few few games ago I passed Morton Anderson for most consecutive, you know, and that – He's he's been awesome. He comes and he's involved in the Lombardi Cancer Foundation, so you know, the golf event. So I've gotten to know him, you know, pretty well over the years, and obviously a Hall of Famer. And it's just like it's amazing, you know, to think how long he did it as well. And then you know he played till he was forty-seven, you know, forty-six, forty-seven. So uh, just a wild thought to think about. You know, whenever you start this thing sixteen years ago, you don't. Uh, those aren't necessarily things that you think are you know are tangible but uh you know it's uh, it's pretty cool that we're in it right now yeah but you know why yours is better because guys like vinatieri finished in a dome 
You did it in the tundra. You did it in the tundra. You know, and I love it. I love this place, this organization. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they, they've stood by me, you know, and, when, and I, you know, obviously we've had a ton of success, but, uh, you know, there's been a couple of years that just, you know, weren't, uh, weren't what it needed to be. But, uh, you know, the fact that I've been able to continue on, uh, you know, I just have to always, you know, just be grateful and thankful for this organization and the relationship that we have, you know, all these years. And, um, you know, I hope they, you know, I, obviously they know I'm going to lay it on the line. I'm going to try to get give everything. I have all the time and be on that field. Mike, Brett Favre, Mason Crosby, Iron Man streak so far for the Packers. You are the true Iron Man, though, as you cover it all so well and no sleep coming on the show to entertain us. We love it, Mike. Thanks, Ebo. Talk to you later, man. No, go get some sleep.